Hi there, welcome to MiniWag VMworld US 2012. I'm gradually just coming up with variously different uh, intros. Sure. With me is a chap I've come to know, uh, I guess over the last year or so really, Josh Atwell. Um, but you can see the man is here. Josh, can you just quickly introduce yourself to everybody sure. watching at home? Hey everybody, I'm <laughs> Josh Atwell. I'm a systems administrator at Cisco Systems, working in internal IT, PowerShell, PowerCLI, um, automation, and having a great time at VMworld. And uh, you you also help run the uh, VMUG over in uh, Raleigh Durham, is that right? That's correct. I'm uh, one of the co-leaders for a VMware user group in Raleigh, and uh, we were fortunate enough to have you visit with us not, not too long ago. Yeah, I happened to be out uh, visiting NetApp at RTP, and uh, it just so happened you had a, a VMUG meeting right. going on, so I, I and crashed I begged the party. and pleaded. And I was like, no, Mike, I you crashed gotta... the party. <laughs> I, I, they couldn't hold me back. So um, this is what, it's uh, Tuesday, we've had a couple of days of, of VMworld, we've had uh, two days worth of keynotes and announcements. Yes. What's been your personal highlight so far, to, uh, you know, from those keynotes? From the keynotes? Well, I know a lot of people are excited about the VRAM licensing drop, but uh, uh, actually... We can, the, we can talk about that. Well, I don't, no, actually, you know, the, the, the biggest thing that I was really excited about was that it feels like, because I'm an operations guy, and it feels like a lot more was addressed during the keynote about automation and operations, and you know the the acknowledgement that adding these new systems, these abstract layers, uh, creates complexity. Like while it creates a great deal of agility, that agility does come at a cost on an operational standpoint. Right. Um, and especially if your design isn't isn't done correctly, or if your management applications aren't strong enough. So. I was, I was really excited to see them talk uh, a lot more about how operationally the vCloud suite in 5.1 is, is supposed to make life a little bit easier on administrators, and I'm all for that. Sure. I mean, the alongside the VRAM announcement, which I think because of it being linked uh, last week, I, I don't think mm -hmm. people were that surprised, but a lot of people did cheer. There's that um, if you're an Enterprise Plus customer, the free can, upgrade, the free upgrade yeah. to the cloud suite. Is that something that you will be tempted by? Well, you know, it, within our environment, we're obviously Enterprise Plus, and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a large percentage of uh, VMware's customers are Enterprise Plus. So I think a lot of people are going to take advantage of that. I do know that uh, uh, Eric Siebert made mention that there are some limitations on um, how the VRAM licensing changes, but. The keynote seemed to indicate that anybody that was current and upgraded would be, you know, from, that are on Enterprise Plus and upgraded, you know, that that would be rolled in, and that licensing model will change. So, so I mean, do you generally think uh, the end of VRAM licensing is a good move by VMware? Well, well, the first thing I had said to John Troyer, like when they made the announcement, and of course the official announcement, because things were mentioned before, was I was like, well, this completely invalidated what I thought was an excellent blog post that I did yet last year. Um, the, the thing that I liked about VRAM, the, the VRAM licensing and... and uh, hang, on, hang on, you're going to say there's something you like about VRAM licensing? Well, this, this must be an internet <laughs> first, or a well, podcasting first. Well, no, it's not that I liked the VRAM licensing because the, the VTAX concept was, was really there. I mean, there, there were some people that were going to be impacted and the perception was kind of uh, harrowing for a lot of people. Like, oh, you know, I'm really going to have to, you know, you've been preaching bigger density boxes and, and cramming more into in your environment, and now it's going to cost more in order to do that. So that was completely fair. Uh, I understand that. But I like the concept because 
with the VRAM licensing, you were really, it was more of a, you're charging based on usage, you're charging, it, it was more a drive towards IT as a service. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying it's perfect, and I'm not saying it was necessarily absolutely right. Clearly, the industry and the, the community and the people that are involved, you know, they spoke, they said they didn't like it, and you know, some modifi modifications were being made. But if you read the documentation that was released with VRAM licensing, the intent was to make it more to, so that you could drive towards IT as a service. Mm. Um, it, it really feels like, to me, that they just did their math wrong and, and based on what the, the impact was. I mean, you remember they changed the, the, the limit from yeah, I mean, I, 96 to 192. Well, I mean, I, I knew what was coming last week. I must have been on the Monday when I, when I read the CRN thing. I said, is this true? And they said, yes. I was like, why didn't anybody tell me this? <laughs> um, but, I, you know, being a new hire, it takes a lot of time right. for various things. And congratulations for that, by the Thank way. Thank you very much. We're, we're all super happy about that move. And, uh, but I think, um, you know, when, when the VRAM was announced and it wasn't well received and then the allocations were doubled, that lifted so many people out of the boundary where they would be affected that it right. became a non-issue. And in that, not a non-issue in terms of politics, but non-issue in terms of Price. Mon monetary yeah. effect. Right. But it still left uh, a little bit of a bad feeling in people's mouths. So, I mean, it wasn't really working for VMware. Yeah. You know, they weren't making more revenues by changing the licensing. Right. And all it was doing was creating a, a sour taste. A sour taste. You know, so I yeah. think I think people looked at it uh, internally and said, "Look, if this isn't really helping us, why yeah. are we doing it?" But I think um, putting that to one side, I think the 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 way we're looking at it now is, you know, there's still more than forty percent of loads to be virtualized. Yeah. That's uh, a pretty healthy revenue stream for yeah. some time to come. The net new number of VMs that are being created right. is running somewhere between 80 to 20%. Yeah. Now, no matter how much you scale up your environment, you're going to be buying additional service for that increased demand. Yeah. And therefore, there's going to be some natural, organic kind of revenue and business to be had yep. through that kind of growth. Because I think there's still that kind of feeling, you know, even the people who have monster VMs and monster ESX hosts, there's this anxiety about. Even with the wonderfulness that is HA and FT and F whatever, yeah. is you know, some people lay awake at night when there's 60 VMs on one ESX host. That's right. And that's really like nothing to do with the quality of that platform. It's to do with you know the worry about a hardware failure. And then well, the yeah, it's your it's your impact, right? Yeah, your, yeah. Your potential impact because HA is great. Mm. But it still means there's an outage. And also you need to, if you have these monster uh, ESX hosts, you still need spare capacity in the rest of the cluster to take into account of that. You know, your yeah. plus one, plus two. And then the third strand of it is I genuinely think the company thinks, you know, we could have uh, wrapped our arms around vSphere to protect that revenue mm. and squeezed it, squeezed it until we actually... You know, well, you killed it, yeah. you know, and you strangled it. Yeah, 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 and there's more value <laughs> in uh, not being so aggressive on the licensing front because there's a lot of goodwill there, and that vSphere itself is going to offer us a platform from which to sell other technologies. Now, the way I look at it is that we're not creating a monolith here, we're not saying you have to buy everything from VMware, although, you know, as a VMware employee, I'm well, of course, it, it's well, it's well within your interest we, that, yeah, that they, just that people, like as a Cisco employee, I hope that all that hardware that people buy, they, yeah, yeah. they take a consideration at UCS. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but at the end of the day, the reality is, is that customers will choose the components that they need. Even if they buy a cloud yep. suite, 
they may not necessarily implement all of it, they'll implement the bits that they really want. And at the end of the day, buying it in a bundle in that way is probably going to be more economic than it is buying it a la carte is, is the way it is. And it, it was right. very complicated, I think, the licensing, or not so much the licensing, but the SKUs. If you were wanting to build a cloud environment or the software-defined data center, you were having to assemble a bunch of products with different license well, agreements. Yeah, yeah, well, they're different license models. Some were based on VM, some were based on CPU. Yeah. Um, you know, and, but it also goes to the IT-as-a-service concept, right? Because, well, Site Recovery Manager went to per VM, and that made a lot of sense for a lot of customers because they only needed to protect a certain number, number of their of VMs. VMs. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, um, yeah, it, well, the problem I see is that VMware has a, a very challenging situation to where they, they came into the market and they've been very strong and very fortunate, allowing people to consolidate, um, to, to, you know, save on their, their costs by consolidating mm. onto their hardware. And, but then they started branching out into these you know, abstract layers, you know, there's additional, the, the cloud enabling components. Mm. And when you do that, you know, the customers are finding, or and we find it in our environment, we don't need that level of service for every every workload and yeah, for everything. Yeah, and I think, and, um, I think it's true to say that, you know, it's the various things that VMware is doing is not for everyone, but I don't think VMware is going around and saying you must buy everything in our environment. Right. I think increasingly a lot of big enterprise com uh, companies, Cisco included, you have this storefront of technologies and what you hope is that you have a rich array of different products that people can uh, buy into. But the idea that somebody would buy absolutely everything from Cisco or absolutely everything from VMware isn't the way products are sold now. It, but you've got to have the offering and you've got to show the willingness to integrate those offerings together. Right. Um, but anyway, moving away from the whole like kind of business end of, of things, was there uh, like a particular feature or something new about vSphere 5.1 that has really caught your eye? Have you been involved in the beta program leading up to now? Yeah, I, I was invited. Uh, I did a, I did a couple of the sessions where they talked about the, the new features. Uh, I, I wasn't able to play with it because I've had a lot going on at VMworld, yeah. a lot of preparation. In fact, my wife tells me we're going on vacation as soon as I get in town. <laughs> Um, we're we're going to disappear into the mountains where there's no cell coverage or internet. We're going to go off grid. Completely off grid. Um, but the the big thing for me that I'm I'm really excited about is the enhanced vMotion. Uh, I think okay. it's really interesting that you know you'll you'll be able to to do vMotions uh, without having shared storage. Now you're the second or third person to say that in these series of podcasts, and I was su I'm surprised that that's the one that's been picked up because you know you're a big enterprise shop you've got yeah. shared storage anyway well we have we have lots of needs right yeah. you know when and to your point you, know, you don't always need the whole bundle of everything and we have components in our environment where we don't need the whole everything and you know we have customers and that and VMware's customers who don't need the full realm of thing and of everything and you know they, they made a really good point uh, during the VMware user group leader session we had. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have Paul That was Mar today, yeah. That was today, yeah. Um, we had Paul Moritz and Pat Gelsinger and Steve Harrod there, and they, they talked about how you know, VMware started out as this niche product that would allow you to you know, install Workstation on a box and virtualize a little Linux instance, and, mm. and, and how as they progressed and they started getting adoption into the data center, they fundamentally changed how certain parts of the industry, well, all, most of the parts. I mean, storage was the was the one that they highlighted. Sure. And, 
And storage has always been that central component that's allowed virtualization and then into cloud. To and I would add to that, I think, I mean, I've been in the industry, I think this is nearly my 20th year. I have. Oh, you can't be any older than 28, 29. <laughs> Come on, Mike. Well, like, the joke I say <laughs> is, is that uh, I'm actually 56, but the restorative powers of virtualization has oh, helped nice. smooth away uh, areas of dryness and lines yeah. around the air, which has helped preserve me and keep me in this useful... I say it's uh, the glow from my <laughs> monitor. <laughs> but I was going to say is I, I haven't seen in that period of time... I mean, I joined the industry when I was 23, I'm, I'm 42 now. I, there has been more change in the last six or seven years than has been in that entire uh, period when it comes to uh, services into the environment. I mean, probably the only biggest thing I can think of is like the rise of the internet or the first network that we got yeah. with Novell Netware and IPX SPX. You know, so and it's in an area where historically change doesn't come quickly. Infrastructure. Because people are quite conservative, they oh, want yeah. to modify things. So uh, there's a lot of change in there. But I, I was going to say is, yeah, VMware has like sort of revolutionized a certain part of what we do. But like you were saying, it's driven the storage vendors, but it hasn't yeah. changed the way storage vendors operate too much, or even network vendors right. for that matter, I think. You know, there's still, here's a metal box. Yeah. And there's, this there's the big one, and there's this one, and there's this one, right, you know. Right. That, that we're still in that kind of a world. And the other thing I was going to say was, um, I think there's always this tension in any new company, and VMware is still a relatively new one in that respect, is do you focus on the core product, the niche product, with the danger that you might be cannibalized by competitors? Or do you go wide and you use your success and the revenues you've generated to build a different company? And um, I think whatever you do, you're damned either way. If you stay in niche, yeah, well, say, you'll people, isolate. You isolate yourself in in one respect. Or yeah, the other. yeah. If you yeah. stay in niche, people go, oh well, you know, you could be the next Nobel. But if you go too wide, people go, oh, well, you're losing you're focus. Overextended, yeah. Overextended on yourself. I've never seen that in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think it's a difficult thing to trans uh, transfer from you know startup, shaking up the industry. To, and I think if VMware had stayed niche, we would all be debating, um, you know, what's well, yeah. I mean, the future. If, well, one thing I, I like to go back to when, in talking about this is in 2008, you know, Paul Moritz goes on and he said the, the next evolution is cloud. And everybody in the audience is like, is what? And for the whole first year, that you know, there's talk like, is this guy, what is he talking about? Mm. And then 2009, so this is the next big thing. It's going to be cloud. And these are the things that you're going to start to do. Mm. And, and then all the other companies are like, oh, oh, oh. And I'm not to say that they weren't working on it too, mm. but everybody started seeing what, what, what they were talking about. Yeah. And the thing I liked about that is that VMware had, had a vision for where things were going to go. Mm. They have a vision now for where they think things are going to go. And they're leveraging their successes with the hypervisor and they're leveraging their successes with their products like Site Recovery Manager, vCenter Orchestrator, um, leveraging um, vCloud Director. Yeah. And they're taking these things and they're, they're, they're evolving into new products and the, the vCloud suite that we're getting now. Yeah. 
I mean, I think what I've been saying on the, across these podcasts and around people here is we're not creating the monolith here, like right. 2001, the big black thing. Yeah. It's an industry project, this, because I don't think, you know, we're working very closely with uh, storage vendors. We're working very closely with network vendors like Cisco. And it's not like one company can deliver the cloud. It's got to be a kind of industry-wide uh, project. And maybe we're at the tip or near to the tip of that, but it's... I think the whole of the industry is is wanting to move, and it's not just jumping on a, a buzzword bandwagon. It's a kind of oh, real. We like we like our buzzwords. Oh, we do. we do. We do like our buzzwords. But I, you know, the way I look at it, you know, as we were saying a moment ago, it would be lovely if everybody, everybody, you know, bought everything from VMware. But that's not going to happen as a realistic thing. Um, there's partnerships happening all over the place. I thought one of the interesting things was when the Nicera acquisition happened a couple of weeks ago. People in the media were going, oh, this puts uh, VMware on a collision course with Cisco. And I was like, what a load of BS. Things like VXLAN, they're joint partnership programs. Look at UCS and uh, the VCE, that's a joint partnership program. <coughs> if we want like, um, innovation like that to become industry standards, we've got to work with the wider industry for that to happen. So, I mean, I know that in the next year, it's likely we're going to have network cards and, ver and physical switches that are VXLAN oh, enabled. Yeah, well, they're already working on They're it. already working on that yeah. because there's, a, there's an offload uh, uh, value, value yeah, there. Yeah. There's doubling capsulation. There's a larger MTU size. If we don't work closely with the network vendors, it's going to create a lot of issues for people configuring the physical layer. Yeah. What we want is a enable, tick, you know, and off you go, not yeah. here's a long list of Cisco commands that you're going to have to run in order to configure the switch the way it wants to. So I think sometimes when the media looks at what VMware is up to, it's like, we want to take over the world. Well, you know, that's not how you succeed in this industry. You succeed with no, partnerships. None you know. of the companies that are where they are now got, got there by themselves. themselves. Yeah. You know, they, they you know, and I, I was making a conversation, you know, having a conversation with someone about this before. You know, when VMware started out, they were, you know, dev tests, you know, we're not put in production. But part of their success was is they had good partnerships mm -hmm. with EMC, NetApp, Cisco, you know, and then with the software, with stuff like Veeam and PhD. And, yeah, there's been and, that you know, ecosystem, hasn't Yeah, it? yeah. It's, it's created an entirely new industry, and I, I think it's improved every one of these companies. I mean, when you think of where, like you said, the, the amount of change that we've had in the last, you know, in the last five years, um, anyway, I guess we're getting kind of tight on that because the successes have been strong. Um, it, it's completely changed our industry, and it's changed how all of these companies operate. Yeah. And and I think it's great. You know, I like the fact that I can't possibly keep up with everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love it. I think it's great. I think that's a very in final closing thing. I think sometimes I get a bit anxious and a bit worried that there's, there's so much change. How will I keep up? But the way you've just put it makes me think, I should embrace that and accept that I don't know everything. Better to have all this change happening than just a lot more status quo. Well, I think, you know, especially when you reach the heights of Mike Laverick, you know. Oh. I know, I mean, you're, you're Mike Laverick. Um, but you're Josh Atwell. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I feel like we're two presenters in a sports show, you know. 
Hi, I'm Mike Laverick. And, and Josh Atwell. And welcome, welcome for tuning in yeah. to uh, <laughs> VM World Sports TV 2000 KM TV. Yeah. Sponsored by. Uh, sponsored by. Right. But anyway, thank you very much for uh, coming on the show and uh, sharing our, uh, my thoughts with you. Anytime, buddy. What, what, what you probably don't see is there is no preparation involved in this. I, mm -hmm. I grabbed this guy, I plunked him down, and I said, let's do the video. So. I actually, he put the mic on, and he's like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Now, next time, we just have to make sure we do it over a pint. Will do. All right. Thanks a lot for watching. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.